Welcome to the Soul Ability Superhuman Laboratory, where we uncover the secrets to upgrading your mind, body, soul, and business. I'm your host, Dr. Michael DeMarco. On today's episode, we have Jesse Elder. Now, I met Jesse about a year ago. He's totally changed my life, totally transformed the way that I think about the world, really just opened up my potential. To me, he's like a real life Jedi. People call him a reality hacker. He definitely is. Please give a warm welcome for Jesse Elder. Um, So today we're going to talk about soul ability and how Jesse uses soul ability in his life and what he's doing now. And it's, I mean, let's just get to it because it's really interesting. Um, It's something that I've never really seen before someone do. Uh, I've heard, you know, you hear about people like Tim Ferriss. He wrote his book where he is traveling and he's able to live off his supplement company off um, that he started uh, where he's living in Argentina. And there's other people that live this kind of like laptop lifestyle. But Jesse's really the first person that I've seen Truly living a, I guess, an iPhone lifestyle. <laughs> self, cell phone lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, cell phone lifestyle, and it's working, you know? Um, and that's that's not where he started, though. He has a an awesome, like a crazy background, um, a lot of experience working with people, helping them to remove their limitations to, uh, um, you know. So the first thing I want to ask you, Jesse, is just... Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about background, what you do, and uh, what what you're doing currently in your life. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, super, super honored to be here. And you know, as this as this project has, you know, kind of come up in some of our conversations, like just the concept, solability, is such a sweet set of syllables, man, because it speaks to you know where people are at, and I think what people are seeking. You know, everybody knows that. Yeah, there's tons of tactics that you could put together. There's millions of strategies that you can do to get from A to B or B to, you know, to Z. Um, but how many people lose their way uh, and end up doing stuff that doesn't actually feel right to them, but, you know, because somebody else said, hey, this is how I did it, they just right. copy it. And then you end up like, like bastardizing your soul's mission. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that sucks. So, and I've, and I've, I've experienced tastes of that too. So, um, you know, in a, in a nutshell, so I was this super shy, um, homeschooled kid and, uh, wasn't shy around adults. You know, I, I, I felt like, you know, probably my parents' friends were, were kind of my friends too. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of friends that were, you know, were my age. And then I got into martial arts and martial arts really gave me a, a huge, outlet, um, socially, but also physically. And it really taught me some great lessons. And, uh, what it did looking back is really helped me to fall in love with learning. You know, I became really addicted to, you know, learning the, the, you know, the forms and, and learning the, the moves. And then, you know, when I got older, getting into sparring and all this kind of stuff, and that just provided such a great laboratory for testing theories. And so by the time I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, I'd competed in just tons of tournaments and, and all sorts of different styles and started getting into jujitsu and then uh, started getting into MMA before it really took off. You know, the UFC was just kind of still coming okay. around and, and uh, <laughs> I was actually like 20, 21 years old and I was working as a bouncer at this, this uh, horrible little nightclub in San Antonio, Texas, where I lived. I uh, hadn't opened my school yet. That was still a couple of, of years down the road. But they started having these these uh, fight nights on Thursday night because, uh, well, first of all, it was it was popular and Thursdays were kind of a dead night, and uh, and they just wanted to capitalize on this trend of this uh, you know this whole fight culture. So they started having fight nights and and every Thursday night they'd roll this mat out on the dance floor and they'd have a sign up list for people to sign up and and put their name down to fight. And man, it was a it was an absolute crapshoot. I mean, most of the guys that got in there had never fought. They were just kind of tough guys. Right. Some of the guys were very well-trained martial artists. Um, but there's a giant difference between being an artist and being a fighter. And these guys are great martial artists. Uh, they were tremendous um, 
technicians and, and scientists in terms of, you know, the kinetics and the, and the physiology of martial arts. But man, you know, like Tyson said back in the, you know, back in the day, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And I just, man, I just watched so many people walk into the ring with their chest puffed out and uh, their head full of theories. And, you know, within, uh, within a couple of minutes or sometimes seconds, uh, they get carried out um, unconscious and, and get taken to the hospital. And, you know, I, I only had one time going to the hospital, which uh, maybe we'll, we'll save that for a repeat episode because that was right. a fantastic seminar <laughs> in itself. But, uh, you know, I, I won a lot of fights because I, I was able to calibrate pretty quickly in, in my training. And so the training basically just had one, um, one idea. If the theory doesn't produce results, the theory is worthless. And I just, you know, I, I learned a lot by watching other guys carry their theories into the ring and only to find their theories fall apart the moment they entered the, the reality of, of this violent situation. And... I was able to do do better than most um, by just right. applying training principles and making my training harder than the actual fighting, and uh, and that that I, I really just I'll never forget that you know, that that experience of following something that was so grounded in reality uh, was just a, such a huge advantage, and so when I when I went uh, you know a couple of Years later, I went to go open my first martial arts school. I, I really had that mindset uh, that if it doesn't produce results, it's not going to stay. And so I applied that to teaching. I started to apply that to marketing and to sales. And you know, within a within a almost two years, you know, we built this big school. We had you know 300 students, and you know, I, I was achieving a, a dream and a lifestyle that I thought was just you know impossible at the time. Um, but then I just, I wanted to grow. So how do we keep right. growing? And I, I uh, had some great mentors, had some great coaches, and their, their whole thing was always around the same idea. You know, you have to base it on results, base it on reality. If it doesn't produce results, we're not keeping it. And uh, I was just, I'm so fortunate to have had great mentors and great coaches that had that sort of reality-based mindset. And that was the same thing that I did with my team. You know, we'd have a team member that would come up and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a great week, sir. You know, we're going to have, we're going to hit our numbers this week. And, uh, you know, I would take a line out of one of my, one of my business partner's books and he was, he was pretty pragmatic. And he said, well, since you can obviously predict the future, uh, why don't you and I open up a psychic hotline? We'll make a lot more money that way. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously the mentors, that makes a huge difference, right? It's like, if you look at any superhero, any person in history, they've yeah. always had that like mentor that really helps them shift their mindset, shift their thinking, or really develops the thing that was already always there. Mm. Right? Dude, so, you just you just nailed it. The thing that's already always there. Love that. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's that's like, you know, maybe you were you had to be physically ready to get in the ring. You had to be physically ready, mentally ready to be able to do those things. Like you have to be physically able to do it, right? So one of the, the key tenements of like soul ability, I mean, is you have to be physically capable of actually doing the action that you're telling yourself to do, right? So when people go in the ring, like that, I know we've spoke about this in the past or I've heard you talk about it on a podcast or something where you would have this visualization that you're, you know what's going to happen before you get in. You know uh, what moves you're going to make, what, you kind of picture it in your head, right? You visualize. Yes. So we always hear about that, like people talking about visualization and, you know, meditation and they, this, this kind of the secret life, right? Yes. Or the, the book, The Secret, where people, if you think about it, it's going to happen. But then we have other people talking like Tony Robbins that say, you have to take massive action. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting, and I've noticed in a lot of people that are successful at anything, whether it's like sports, athletics, money, they had to be physically ready. There's always some training involved to get you to the point where you're actually able to do those things. Yes. Well, this, so, and this, this is the, uh, what I love about this, this whole concept of soul ability uh, is that it has ability built into the title. Um, you know, it's not soul intention or, right. you know, soul desire or soul potential. 
<laughs> those words, like once you're past six years old, you know, the word potential is kind of meaningless. It's just another way of saying you haven't done anything yet. Right, exactly. And, uh, and there's so many people that waste their potential because of maybe they have the, these like limiting beliefs or uh, these thoughts that they allowed other people to, to put in their head that they weren't good enough or something or they couldn't do it or they ever, you know, the, the same thing I'm sure you probably hear all the time. Everybody has excuses about why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's if I had that for a long time, you know, I, I think when I was younger, I didn't have that when I was really young. And then, you know, you you allow your imagination to run wild. You think about things. And when you're trying to gain acceptance and from other people, whether it's in school, which, or from your parents or friends, you're trying to make friends, you kind of try to fit this mold about what you think that they want you to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a really, it, it, sometimes it takes a lot to break, those beliefs about yourself that yes. you that are condi- that have been conditioned over such a long period of time to where you can actually be who you really are. Um, I I agree. It, yeah, it does. I, it, it takes a lot. I think that's. I mean, something really unique about you is that. I mean, you you know you say you never took a test in your life except for the one test that you did take because you never actually went through regular public school. Um or the traditional schooling. Yeah. And yeah. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Cause I think yeah. that's like something where a lot of people have gone through that, that actually helped create a lot of these limiting, these limitations that they have where maybe you have different limitations. You know? Yeah. I, I think, and you know, and we all, we all have a path that ultimately is perfect for why we're here. And, and that may sound a little, you know, metaphysical or kind of woo woo, but, <laughs> um, but the truth is that, Every single one of us, uh, we're on our own freaking journey. You know, we're on our, our own unique path, and there's no two people that are created exactly alike. You know, it's like snowflakes, man. You know, we really are unique. We are individual. Uh, and that being said, um, you know, my particular path turned in a way that um, you know I happen to be born into a family with you know my dad is a career school teacher, and one of the decisions that he and my mom made is that. Know, hey, you know, our kid's not going to go to school. You know, we want him to have a, a different experience, and so I really had a self-directed education uh, my entire life. And you know, once my chores are done in the morning, it's kind of like you know, do whatever you want to go do. And that may sound like just this laissez-faire education, like just let the kids run wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but but two things, you know, two 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 things that I can absolutely see in retrospect. Number one is that the the basic human desire is to grow. And, you know, if you, if you hijack your limbic system and, you know, especially for kids, you put a child in front of a TV where there's just so much overload, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're just giving somebody sugar, you know, you don't have to try sugar over and over to realize, holy, oh man, that tastes really good. I want more, but it's not a natural thing. You know, the sugar, the way that it's processed is not a naturally occurring substance, you know, for that matter, neither is cocaine. So just because it comes from nature doesn't mean it's good for us. And same thing for, you know, TV and, you know, games and stuff like that. There's a place for all that. But the basic human desire is to grow. And, you know, that's one thing that that I'm very appreciative that my parents kind of did was create this environment where I could just be exposed to lots of different things and find the thing that, that I wanted to do. Uh, but they also were very, very smart in choosing the options that were available. So... You know, I'd, I'd, you know, my dad had come home from, from uh, teaching and there'd be all these books on the table and he would, uh, you know, he, he would basically just kind of point to the books and look at me and say, you know, Jesse, you, you read whatever you want. And he'd walk away. And man, I remember feeling so much freedom, like, oh my God, I can read anything I want to. Well, looking back, you know, and I, I kind of tease him about it years later. I said, Dad, that was really genius, man. You, you know, you let me make up my own mind, quote unquote, um, but you're the one that chose the titles that were on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, you know, Iliad and the Odyssey, and I was like seven. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like super interesting because I don't know, I think a lot of people, especially myself, when ever we're told to do something, like you have to do this thing. Oh my it God. It could have been the same exact books that your dad had. Yep. You just don't want to do it. it takes there's always desire. that desire. Yeah, there's always yeah. that temptation to resist, you know, 
because you want to make that decision. Yep. Especially yep. successful people, like people who are got like geared towards leadership and success. Like you're, you have that personality where you're, you want to make the decisions. Like you want to guide your path. Yes. And when someone else is doing it for you, it's, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. And th- and that, that's, you know, what I would presume for, for the listener, for, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're, you are attracted to a title called soulability, it's because you know that there's a piece of you that is indomitable. There's a piece of you that is uncontrollable by anybody else. There's a piece of you, the largest part of you, that is not here to fit in. You're not here to conform. Uh, but neither do you have to live life as a total rebel, just you know, pushing everything else away. You can actually create your own reality. You can create a life that is in exact accordance with your particular vision, your particular values, uh, and that expresses your unique individual voice. And, and that's really what it comes down to. So, you know, the, the ability to listen to that inner signal, you know, Mike, I love the way you put it, that secret life, you know, with yeah. that idea, whether it's through visualization, meditation, journaling, writing, um, you know, some people get very clear visual images like, whoa, that's an idea. Uh, but to, in order to even create the space to receive those, um, you know, we'll call them downloads, you, you got to have a clean slate, man. You can't be you know, have you can't have your mind full of other people's ideas and thoughts and preferences of what they think you should do, and allow your own natural brilliance to come forth. You got to you got to flush that stuff out. Right. That I mean, that comes down to just number one of soul ability: just smash, remove the limitations. You have to do that first. Yeah. Uh, and that this really comes from like my experience as a doctor, like working with people physically, working with athletes, um, trying to get them better performance-wise out of pain they'll come in with literally physical limitations, like whether mm-hmm. it's like a joint restriction or a muscle restriction or something like that's physically limiting them. Um, that if you don't take that away, you can never actually address the real problem, no matter what you do. Yes. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's the same thing, right? So you had a, a very different experience from a lot of people, but it gives you a different perspective that maybe you can take an outside view and when you're working with somebody or you see someone that's trying to do something, but they have these like limitations, you can actually see the limitations, you know? Well, exactly. It's it's very, it's very apparent when somebody says, you know, I want to do this, but, and then they start to launch into the reasons why they can't. And I'll I'll generally just say, well, let's, let's time out, uh, you know, respectfully before we get into the rest of the story, let's talk a little bit more about what you want. You know, what, what do you want? Well, I want to make more money. Okay, awesome. What does that look like? Well, more money. Okay, <laughs> that's fantastic, brother. Um, how much more specifically why. are we talking about here? Well, between uh, $500 and $50 billion a month. Okay, cool. Okay, let's narrow that down a little. Uh, how much specifically? <laughs> and, and once people get specific, which is, you know, that, that tends to be the, the real, um, you know, that m- many people don't even reach that point. But once you get specific, then your brain can do what it does best, which is recognize patterns and start to figure out how to get the things that you actually want. Once people right. get clear about what they actually want, man, that, that stuff shows up really, really quickly. And I think they really have to, in order to know what they want, they have to really say, you know, identify the why. Like, why do they even really want it? Mm. And a lot of people don't go deep enough into their why, I feel like. Yeah. You know, so they'll, they'll just ask the basic, well, more money, I'll just... It'll make me happy or it'll make things easier. But you have to really understand why it would make those easier, why it would make you happy. Um, and that that's a lot. That's really common, I find, with money. Um, and it applies to everything. And pe- I think people overestimate most of the time about how much money they would actually end up needing to be happy. Big time. Big you know, time. If you use like not like the average person in America, let's say they make $50,000 a year, which may be overestimating a little bit. At the end of the day, they don't walk away with fifty thousand dollars a year. Right. It's more like thirty-five or thirty-six thousand or something like that after taxes. Yes. And then after they pay uh, rent and basic um, basic needs like food, like basic food, not going out and splurging mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. How much do they really have left? And that a lot of people are happy with that, and they say, you know, what seventy thousand dollars a year is. Where people kind of peak out at happiness, which 
for me, I don't think that that's, that's definitely not true for that's me. A, I think, I think that's a good number for, but it's for, a good number uh, for, for general, the, for the masses, right? you know, for the masses, but after taxes and everything else at the end of the day per month, it's not really that much. You don't really need as much as you think. No. So that makes the goal a lot more obtainable. Big time. Right? Big time. And, and I think also when we, when we allow ourselves to release the need for so much stuff uh, yeah. and yet in, engage in this active appreciation of the things in our life, which includes stuff, it's this sweet irony. It's like when you need less, but you appreciate more, then, oh my God, more stuff just flows into your, into your life. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think, so what you're doing right now, where you've been traveling and basically living and doing business and off your cell phone and that's it. Yep. Like, I, mean, I saw you a few weeks ago in New York and you only had a backpack yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, and you've been, tra- you have, you've been traveling I'm assuming most play everywhere like that. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty awesome tours. It was uh, 19, yeah. 19 cities in six weeks. Yeah, that's, that's amazing to do with just a backpack. When well, te- technology is so good now that we can, you know, we, if, if you've got a message or you just want to connect with people, uh, you literally can do it from your phone. And, you know, I, I don't do a lot of webinars anymore. I do a lot of uh, Facebook Live, which yep. is all done from the phone. And, you know, it really comes down to, you know, to, to you, you know, it comes down to the individual and, you know, how in touch you are with the people that you're connected with, whether that's your job, you know, that you're receiving a paycheck from, which is nothing wrong with that. That gets demonized a lot. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, I'd never have a job. Are you <laughs> kidding me, man? They're there. I can, I can think of tons of jobs. They, they let love, labels, love you know, do. yeah, they let labels kind of like define the thing. Yeah, exactly. Instead of what it actually is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you're in touch with the job or, and your team or your employer, or let's say you're an entrepreneur and you're in touch with your team or you're in touch with your employer, which is actually your customers, then you can make impact and you can do whatever you want kind of from anywhere. And if you love doing physical stuff, then do that. Um, but it really just comes down to personal preference. And this actually links back all the way to the beginning of the show that if we look at somebody else and we say, that's the way I have to do it. Um, right. Well, no, I mean, you know, with, with uh, you know, mad respect to, to Tim Ferriss for what he's created and the number of people that he's helped with his writing and just his general worldview. Um, but there is, a, there is a premise in the book that uh, suggests that the, the form of wealth that we're looking for is money. And so your, your four hours have to produce as much money as possible. And, um, and I don't think that's wrong. I would just, uh, in my experience and my observation, I would add another layer to that or another thread. Uh, and I think the, the real wealth is energy. And, mm-hmm. the th- and if the things that we're doing are giving us energy, then who cares how much you're doing it? Right. And if the things you're doing are taking energy from you, why are you doing it? And so, yeah. you know, I mean, I'll, I'll probably quote unquote work, um, you know, about <laughs> 60, maybe 80 hours this week. But there's not a second of those 80 hours that are draining for me. Right. And I think that's like a common theme that I've seen across the board with people that are successful, that are kind of living this lifestyle where you don't have to have a, an office or a specific job. You don't show up and punch in and punch out. Mm-hmm. Um, where like people hear about Tim's book, you know, four hour work week. And they think that literally means that you only work four hours and it's not really that it's, it's not feeling like you're working yes. 80 hours a week. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, you talk about it, Gary Vanderchuk talk about it, that, you know, you may be working hundred hours a week, mm-hmm. but if it's your passion and you love it, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, and this, this whole matter. idea about, you know, what's work and what's not work. And the, the hack there is just just make a list of everything you're doing and and ruthlessly separate those into two categories. Not three categories, not 10 categories, two categories. It gives me energy or it takes energy from me. I either look forward to it or I don't look forward to it. I either feel better after I do it or I feel worse after I do it. That's it. That's right. it. And if just you listen just, to your body. 
Yeah, exactly, man. You got Go with the freaking flow, spiritual GPS built into every cell in your body, and your your body knows. And I think, uh, I mean, maybe your martial arts training helps you with that too, because I, I know for my myself, like bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you know, people you hear them complain all the time, like I don't want to go to the gym, it sucks, it, uh, I hate it, but if you really have a passion for it, you're gonna show up five days a week, and you're gonna kill yourself, and <laughs> right. it's gonna hurt. Right. And it's not going to feel great, but you know that it's help. It's it. You just love it. You know, you may not feel good while you're doing it. And maybe right after you might feel like shit, like someone beat the shit out of you. Yep. But it's later on the feeling that you get about yes. accomplishing something and making progress and yes. learning a skill. Those are the, I mean, those are the things. So like people, I, I, people may misconstrue what you're saying about, that if you feel if if you have to go by feel right yeah so they think a lot i mean i a lot of people think and i see this all the time with when i'm working with people and my physical therapists are working with people that you know you if they're going through a little bit of pain like you're working on like a a trigger point or something and it hurts they want you to stop because they think that that isn't they can't they don't know the difference between a good pain and a bad pain well you just you touched on something huge and i i think this has this has impact uh, across across contexts, across every part of people's lives. Uh, there's a giant difference between pain and suffering. Right. And so, you've, I mean, as a bodybuilder, physical pain is baked into the recipe. I mean, you have to experience physical pain. You're, you're literally destroying cell. You know, you're, dis- <laughs> you're rupturing muscle tissue. <laughs> you're, you're tearing your muscles apart so that natural process can take over and rebuild it stronger, and you're doing that intentionally. So pain is built into the thing. But what is suffering? Whether it's in bodybuilding or uh, in business or in relationships, pain is a, is a normal, natural experience. But suffering, suffering is the resistance to the pain. Suffering is the story that we tell ourselves about the pain. And there's no... There's actually, pain is beautiful. Pain gets our attention. Pain gets us present. Pain makes you more aware. Pain helps you develop insights. Pain leads to new choices, new ideas. And in fact, that, that is why pain exists in our physical universe as human beings. The reason we have pain is because nothing else will get us present. You can normalize luxury. You can get used to any amount of joy and pleasure. But pain, you cannot ignore, and, and pain has four purposes. And I, I just stated them, but we'll, we'll make it easy in a, in a handy acronym for people. <laughs> Presence, awareness, insight, and new, new thoughts, new ideas, new choices, new actions, new outcomes. Presence, awareness, insight, and new. Each one of those uh, words starts with a letter that will spell out pain, and that's the only reason pain exists. Right, and I, I think pain... It, it makes you realize that you're alive. Yeah. You know, if you weren't alive, you wouldn't have pain. Like rocks don't feel pain. Right, right, even, right. Even plants feel pain. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot of people don't really get that. They think plants feel nothing and yeah. uh, plants are just there. And they think that killing an animal is worse than killing a plant because of pain. Right. But every living thing actually feels pain. I mean, it's just a result of consciousness. Mm-hmm in this plane mm-hmm. if you have it it's you're gonna feel pain it it brings attention to something yes it's, yes it's almost like an amplified hue you know when you're training someone and you want them to to feel to like pinch their shoulder blades for instance right you'll you'll literally touch that part of their body and they'll feel that and they'll focus on it more yeah but pain is saying that you need to really focus on that or get rid of it because it's messing you up. Yes. And a lot of people ignore that. And whether it's physical pain or if it's life pain, like if you, if you go to a job every day and you hate it and it sucks and you hate waking up in the morning or you're in a relationship that, you know, you can't even stand to look at the person next yeah. to you. Yeah. That's pain. That's telling you, you need to change. You need yes. to do something about it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, that's just part of the process. It is. Our bodies tell us everything, you know, about if you can master it, you can be successful at anything. I think you just nailed it, Mike. The, the fact that pain is inevitable, uh, but suffering is optional, 
once you once you have that awareness and once you realize that hey this isn't I don't like this well then you get to make some choices and the challenge with so many people is that we a you're you're raised to think that your choices are actually secondary to other people's you know i mean it doesn't take too many times as a as a 4 5 6 year old child when you realize that you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom <laughs> Like what the hell? Like what? Yeah. What, what does that teach you about you know your the about the validity of your own desires? You know, um, or or that you know you 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 did a painting wrong. I, I was asked one time to judge an art contest <laughs> for kids. Right. You know, at this school that I you know I, I was uh, my martial arts school was located next to, and they were asking for you know local figures to judge this thing, and and I just walked in there and I looked at everything. And I said, I'm not I'm not your guy. You know, that, that's not, like, I'm not, how can I, how can I say this one's better than that one? This is a unique creative expression from a beautiful perspective, the individual perspective of this child. And, and, and you want me to say this one's better than that one? According to who, who am I to judge that? For that matter, who are you to judge that? And uh, they, they didn't like that very much, but right. you know, it, it just comes down to, you know, your, your preferences matter. So if you're at that job, what's that? Word is really interesting that way. Cause most of the famous artists that we know of now, like Picasso and uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo, and I mean, every everyone, they really didn't get recognized until after they died. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Look at Jackson, Jackson Pollock's stuff. I mean, right. people, it, it just looks like splatters on a page to some people, but some people that's like the most beautiful thing that you can possibly have created as a human. Um, it's perspective and maybe perspective changes as time goes on and, and society thinks differently. And so you can't, I mean, I don't understand how someone can judge an art contest and it's similar in bodybuilding too, you know? And that's really one of the, that's like the thing that made me disinterested in it. Mm. Cause once I stepped on that stage and then I had somebody else, once I finally did it, cause I didn't think I was good enough to do it. Um, and I had somebody else telling me that all that hard work and dedication and my passion wasn't good enough based on their opinion, not facts, not reality, just their opinion for that day or who, because it's very political, right? So like who they're, what coach paid them or who they know or whatever it is, to have that person tell you you're not good enough, that doesn't sit right with me. And mm. that's why... I love entrepreneurship and starting my own thing and, um, you know, making progress, like everything, I feel like you have to make progress and that's pain, pain to me is also, and struggle is also, you know, pain without progress. That's like struggle to me. Oh man, that's a right. t-shirt, that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're constantly having pain and you're not making any progress, maybe yeah. probably because you didn't really figure out why you had that pain in the first place or the real, real reason why it's, it's, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. That people, people end their lives because of that. Yeah. And, and if they could just go upstream a, a, a few steps, they would realize that that's a result of choices, right? You know, it's, right. it's simply a result of choices. And if you, if you, you know, going back to that person who is, um, you know, going to a job that they don't like and they, they hit their snooze button eight times and they, you know, they, they take sick days because they get sick and, and all this other stuff. Um, if, if they can just honor some of the feelings that they're having and say, you know what, my feelings about this matter. My feelings matter. And, you know, I d actually don't like this job. And that doesn't mean that they need to you know, pull a, you know, you know, an office space and walk in and throw over their desk and, you know, right. screw you, screw you, screw you. <laughs> you know, you may feel like it and that, that probably would feel really good. Um, but you could just notice it. You could just say, you know what? I realize that, hey, there's a lot of ways on this planet to earn money. 
Right. And you know what? I'm going to start being open to some other ways. And they can start listening to, they can listen to this podcast. They can listen to, um, you know, Ryan Moran. You know, I've talked about him, a great yep. entrepreneur, uh, Freedom Fast Lane. You know, mm-hmm. listen to Gary Vee. You know, li- you know, find somebody who's a, somebody who's a mentor that, that, that is, A, has actually done it. And B, has a way of communicating that you find engaging, entertaining, inspiring, enlightening, illuminating, you know, galvanizing, whatever it is. And then just say, you know what, I'm going to add that to my mental diet and I'm going to start weaving that in when I'm on the, you know, when I'm on the subway or I'm in the tube or I'm in an Uber or I'm driving, I'm going to put some of that stuff into my head. Um, You know, maybe you can just forget about politics for, you know, 30 days and then just vote on yourself. You know, how about that? Right. And I think, so one of the things that people they, they don't really ask why they're not satisfied, why they hate their job in the first place. <laughs> right, it's right. maybe even just a self, like a really selfish reason about why they hate their job or they're not even asking the right questions to their boss. Mm-hmm. You know? And not everybody, I mean, it's, it, I don't hate to say it because it's true that, uh, you know, not everybody's cut out for entrepreneurship or doing their own thing. Like yep. being part of the team is not bad. It's not horrible. No, it's actually how the world gets built. <laughs> right. Not everybody has to lead the team. Like my whole life, I've always been kind of that. I feel I felt like you, right? I never really had a lot of friends my age. I felt like I connected more with people that are older than me, people that were, uh, you know, like my parents' friends or people that are 10, 15, 20 years older than myself, always, even until this day. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's getting less and less lately because people older than me are starting to resent me for my success and my age. Hmm. So that's like that's a really interesting thing. But that's that's a separate podcast. Yeah. But you know, po- people they think that they have to quit their job and lead the team. But being part of the team, most people want to be part of the team. Like sports, team sports were never my thing. You talk to probably ninety percent of male Americans. They played sports. They love sports. And there's a reason why. Not everybody's going to be that 10% that wants to lead. But being part of the team, being the quarterback, being the wide receiver, being whatever your position is and doing it to its absolute potential is critical for success of that team. You know, Facebook wouldn't exist if it was Mark Zuckerberg alone. Right, right, exactly. uh, Microsoft wouldn't exist if Bill Gates was just sitting there trying to make every computer himself and design everything himself. It <laughs> right. doesn't work. Like Apple wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking right now on the things that we're talking on if that was the case. You know, exactly. not everybody's going to be the Renaissance man. And yes, you can do a lot of things, but it doesn't mean you have to do everything at work. Like you should have passions. You should have things that you're interested in. Yes. Um, and maybe that's how you maintain happiness. That's how you grow doesn't always have to be a work thing, you know, no, like no. for me, bodybuilding was my thing for a long time, uh, nutrition, health, fitness. I wasn't always successful. No, no one, no one was really, you know, you start from somewhere. You, you always have this, if you're going to be successful, you in your mind, in the back of your mind, I feel like you always know you're going to be, you always know there's something there, that potential, that, that you're supposed to be achieving that you're just not. Mm-hmm. And when and when you finally allow yourself to move in that direction, it feels better. Right. And and I think this is also one of the biggest things that blocks people. You know, we're so taught to look for the fireworks, and we're taught to look for breakthroughs. And you know, you you once you make the decision, then then everything's better. Well, how about just feel for those slight improvements, and even celebrate those slight improvements. And when you start to move in that direction, you realize that, wow, this feels a little better. I wonder what I can do next. Wow, that feels a little better. I wonder what I can do next. And in 30 days, you can have an entirely new experience of life. We just have to, uh, you know, our culture doesn't celebrate those small wins very much because it's not good enough. And yet, you know, and and people say, well, well, I guess I'll just make a five-year plan. Uh, You can actually (laughs) do it in like the next 90 days if you want to. but it's just is, is being even open to that possibility. Right. Like the five year, to me, the five year plan, that never really worked for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause. Yeah, me neither. One of my, um, he's, he's like one of my mentors, you know, I haven't really talked to him in a while. Uh, bodybuilder Evan Santapani. He, he started, I mean, he started with nothing, right? He was a fat kid. He was the, the fattest kid. Uh, 
in his school. Mm. And now he's, he's stepped on the Mr. Olympia stage. He's one of the best bodybuilders in the world. He's super fit. And he, he isn't just like a bodybuilder. Like we had this joke when I used to work at Animal that they would call me a Connecticut bodybuilder based off of Evan because I was so interested in like, you know, eating healthy fats and raw milk diet and paleo and kind of the health aspect of it too. And not just the, the way you look getting big and getting right. ripped, right? which Evan is super into, He's super mindful about that stuff. And a lot, I mean, a lot of things like this guy, he doesn't even use regular soap. He uses a, like an olive oil based soap yep. to wash his body with. Super into it. it. Yeah. Super <laughs> into it. And he said this one thing one day that I'll never forget. Like I always, it repeats in my mind, like constantly that God laughs at the man with a plan. Oof. Always like you, you have a plan. You think you're going to go somewhere and it, maybe it doesn't happen exactly the way that you're thinking about it happening, you know, and a five year, 10 year, 20 year plan. You have to live like today is the last day. Yes. Yes. So it may without, not happen without question, without question. And, and you, logic yeah. gets overused. Logic is, is. You know, people want to logically plan out and plan for every variable, but the, and it's scary for people to think that there are variables that they don't know about. Uh, but that's only scary if you don't trust yourself. When you develop a high level of self-trust, um, when you develop a, a high level of self-acceptance, self-appreciation, self-love, then you actually realize that you know what? I can't screw it up. You know, I cannot get this wrong. And uh, as long as I keep my wits about me, and as long as I stay connected to my intuition my inspiration and my adaptability, those are actually the three pillars of this new currency. Like the new currency, the new wealth really is intuition, inspiration, and adaptability. Skills are great and you'll figure skills out. Um, but to try and plan ahead for everything, you know, the, the, the surfer generally only knows that the wave is heading toward the shore. Like that's the one variable you can count on. Yeah. Everything else is calibration. Yeah, and I think it's it's better to be ready for the skills, ready for the wave, you know, by removing the limitations, giving yourself a new software and then trying things like optimizing your potential, mm-hmm. like opening up the, the floodgates. Yes. Like let, if you don't open up the floodgates, you're not going to let the whole river is not going to flow out. You know, you have to literally take the limiters off your car. Yes. If you want to drive it as fast as it can go. Completely. Um, the potential just isn't there until you do that. And, if you're not, that's why, you know, if you're ready for it physically, ready for something mentally, you can, you can take life as it comes and adapt to those things and not totally freak out. Like that stress is not going to kill you. Right. And the way that you've been doing things the past few months, I think it's, I, I, no, it, a hundred percent, thousand percent is definition of that. Cause everything that I've seen you doing, it's kind of just, going with the flow the next thing the next thing without having a well like a crazy like a basically like a business plan like i hate business plans yeah, right? yes. you know you have to write this thing out that is supposed to document what you're gonna do how much money you're gonna make how many people you're gonna see what you for the next one two three four five years before you even open yeah how do you know the answers before you even open right like how the how the fuck do you know that? You don't. You just you, you don't. just don't. But the power the power of the business plan is in the in the planning. Like the power is in the moment that you're writing everything down and it becomes real in your mind. Then you write it down as a number or as an event, and you're writing it down. And when you're in that zone of writing shit down, that's when you have power. That's when you're right. plugged into source. That's when you have access to cosmic Google and you start getting ideas about oh well if I do that then I can do that. And the, but the the thing is that once that's done. It's dead. Uh, and you yeah. might refer back to it if that, some of that original energy is there. But the real power is in the planning, not the plan. So yeah. how about just this? Every week, you know, just give yourself 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, and then write that stuff down. Uh, I found that to be the most powerful planning that I can do is just to say, hey, what if I did this? What if I did that? I mean, I, the last program that I, that I launched um, called Pocket Video Mastery, mm-hmm. the idea came when I was literally with you in New York 
and we're walking around and we're doing, you know, pictures and we're acting basically like a couple of kids just having fun, <laughs> you know, like Ferris Bueller's day off. We're like, ah, this is awesome. And then, and we're talking business strategy and then we go back and having fun and then all this stuff. And it just, I'm realizing, you know what, I've been on this tour. This is really cool. I basically am doing everything from my phone, but I'm not specialer than anybody. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I'm special, but so is everybody. Come on. So I thought, how can I take all these ideas and, you know, put it into a program and next thing that the title comes to me, then I write this outline for the program. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I opened up a Facebook group. We had a couple hundred people join the Facebook group. And, you know, for those people who are interested in online business, the game is changing. You know, the old days of, you know, building a funnel and running a lot of traffic, that still works, no question. Um, but when you have a connection with people that transcends the tactics and it's like you care more about the people than you do about the profit, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, I, I did this, this live stream video to the Facebook group with my phone. Um, how, how, how inauthentic would that have been to, to have sold a program called Pocket Video Mastery from a giant professional studio? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a little oxymoron. Oh, my God. So I did it from, my, from the phone. We had 58 people on live stream. Um, I, I made three offers and invited people to you know, either do you know, one-on-one work or to come to Austin for a two-day event or they could you know, just do virtual training. And we sold over $100,000 worth of programs. Yeah. From 50, you know, 58 people on the live stream in a 90-minute in class. And... You know, there's no advertising. There's no team, big, you know, big giant staff that's involved with that. I've got some great people helping me out on, on uh, you know, some of the details. But, like, anybody can do that. And I think that – so you said 58 people, right? And yeah. I think that goes back to where people overestimate what they actually need. So, I mean, we see it, you know, with shreds, people have thousands of millions of followers and they get thousands of likes and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, and I, me personally – I love the smaller crowd, the smaller events, the smaller things where you can actually affect the people. You go a lot deeper, right? You're you're affecting the people more deeply than you would with these huge numbers. Yeah. Um and and it just means your content has to be just better. Because yeah. you're and it's going to be better because you're you're literally working with the people in front of you as you're doing it, right? It's yes. dynamic, it's growing, it's changing rather than trying to blank it out like a shotgun and like I know you're not going to really do much with a shot like a shotgun pellets right no I'd rather have that you know bazooka and just go for it one part like just super targeted one area um smaller crowd and it, it shows you don't have to have this huge which the live live videos I think a lot of people like people are thinking that they're not going to work because you don't get as many views of the live video because people have to be on their computer and they have to be on Facebook and they have to be listening the whole time. And, but when you get those 58, hundred people, 20 people, they're really going to be engaged. Yeah. Well, Cause it's, cause it's, it's, it's a personal connection. Right. And, and, and you just mentioned something really important as far as creating um, powerful content your, your audience, you know, your, your group is going to tell you what is important for them. And that doesn't mean you give up who you are. <clears throat> Excuse me. It doesn't mean that you, you know, that you bastardize your own message that you're really, you know, connected with. Um, but it's a, it's a partnership. It's co-creation at its yeah. finest. And you have to know your group. You have to know your person. And you have to, re- that's one of the things I, I went to this event that Tim was speaking at. And one of the things that I, got from him like the key things that I got from him speaking was that you have to write to your like that crazy fan and that one genre that you're just putting your content out for them and it's they're going to be the ones that share your stuff they're going to be the ones that tell everyone about you yeah they're going to be the people who are obsessed with game of thrones they're going to be the people who are like Lord of the Rings fanatics that they go to every event. That's not going to be everybody. It's not general public. Right. That's your fan. That's your true fan, your raving fan. That's who you that's who you're trying to help. That's who you have to real like think about. Who is that person? Yes. And if, once you have that person, you create everything for them. And you have to do it with an 
in a, like a, an intention of that you're actually adding value to their lives and you're just not selling them something that's not going to help them. So I think that's one of the problems with the entrepreneurship space now is, you know, I go on Facebook and I go on my LinkedIn and everyone's an expert. And then you try to see what they've done, who they've helped, what they're actually doing now. Mm-hmm. And they never, they have never done anything before. They don't have any evidence. They don't have any results. And when you hear them speak, it's like they're just saying somebody else's shit. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, because it worked okay for that person way back when. Right. And maybe that person didn't even do it. They, it worked for somebody else. So they're just telling you. <laughs> you have to try it. Like, th- like we were saying before, like you have to find yourself, your authentic self. And that's what soul ability is about is letting that you, the real you, come out. Because the real you is going to be different than the person sitting next to you. You can take lessons from other people's success and they can help guide you. But at the end of the day, you can't just copy. No. It never works. It, copying is probably one of the worst things that you can do to yourself. Yeah, it is. In, in, every, in every way, not just in marketing every or business. Way. In every way. In every way. Like, well, do you have that? Yeah. It's like, well, like, uh, you know, Jerry Garcia, you know, the singer for the Grateful Dead. And I'm not uh-huh. a deadhead. At, at, I really don't even know their music. I just recognize the genius. I just know the ice cream, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, when, uh, so, you know, he said, you don't want to be the best one uh, at what you do. You want to be the only one who does what you do. Yep. And there's so much beauty in that. It's so simple. And anybody can start right now to just start to do the stuff that you like to do. Not to make money, not to be popular, not to, you know, just because you like to do it. You know, when I was doing martial arts, it wasn't because I expected to make millions of dollars and, you know, sell a business that would then free me up to do all this other stuff. That wasn't the goal. I just loved martial arts. I loved training. I loved sweating. I loved hitting the bag. I loved sparring. I loved all of it. And eventually that became a love of teaching. I certainly didn't think I could make money doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just love to teach and then realize that, wow, you know, actually you can make money doing this. And I began to attract into my life people that were making money and, and making a difference. And, and then, you know, you just continue to follow that. And then I started training other people how to do it. And, you know, next thing you know, time passes, you're having a blast. And we're writing training programs that are still used by the top 10% of martial arts schools in North America. Yep. But that wasn't the goal. No. That was an inevitable result of staying in flow. It can, it can, money can never be the goal. No, never. Like no. For, in my life, I've never taken a job because of money. I've always right. taken a job because I was trying to do something, trying to learn something um, or try to be around somebody that can teach me something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things just happen. Like I've turned down so many opportunities, ideas just because they're about making money rather than fitting with my core values and adding value to the people that I'm trying to reach, trying to yeah. help. Isn't that simple? Yeah. And it's, it's that simple. Like you just have to be authentically authentic and just try to add value really. Um, and you know, you don't really know what you want to do until you do things. You have to follow your curiosity for me personally, learning that I like to help people be better, progress, be more successful in anything. That's where my path has led me to right now. And it didn't just happen becoming a doctor and helping people get better physically. That helped me bodybuilding and learning how to progress in my physical self and teaching people how to eat right. And those kind of things that helped me the, all these things in my life that I've done helped me realize something completely different than what I started with. Yeah. But yeah. help me realize my why. Right. So, People might be doing something that they love or they think they love, and it's going to have an end. But if you really figure out why you love that thing, why you love doing it, why you love whatever it is, the real why, you can find something else to keep it going, to keep digging yeah. deeper. And that that's, for me, that I think that's what life is about, is figuring out your why making progress and just keep going deeper down the rabbit hole, right? Just trying to learn as much as you can about right now. And we're not going to know every, it's totally impossible. We're never going to know everything. 
Thank God. I mean, as you say, right? <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. You really, you really don't. And that, and that's the beauty, though. That's the adventure. That's the fun of figuring out what's the best next step for me. And that's all you have to do. Yep. And I, I think the number one thing is getting started. Asking you have to ask yourself the right questions first. For for me, it took me a while to actually get started. Mm-hmm. Like get started, physically get started, like doing it. I, I spent a lot of time preparing, a lot of time reading books, listening to people, a lot of time, like listening to successful people, learning from even just some bodybuilding, learning from them, reading stuff that they've done, reading magazines, being around people who have done it. It took me a long time to realize like my path mm. and how I was going to do it. Mm. I had to remove a lot of limitations. You know, we, we don't all have it easy. Even the people who we think have it easy don't have it easy. You know, you could be a billionaire or be born into a family that has unlimited wealth and they're going to, you're going to have, you're not going to have it easy either. There's going to be things holding you back. Like maybe you don't feel like you can live up to, the previous generations or what people have done before you, or you think you have to be this person that everybody expects you to be when you really should just be asking yourself who you are <laughs> and be that person. <laughs> I can hear people now listen to this and they'll be like, uh, is it really that easy? Well, yeah. experiment and test it and find out for yourself. Don't, don't take anything we say as gospel. Um, you know, what, what's true. That's actually not that important. What's useful that's pretty important. So right. test this stuff out. If it works, then yes, go for it. If it doesn't work, cool. Go find something else. Right. Because what's true is going to change, most likely. You know, truth is not always the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's useful at that time, that's not going to change. Yeah. Because that's, that's time specific. That's what you have available to you right now. That's you being aware of what you have available to you right now. Opening up your mind to that, opening up your your visual, your vision to that. Yes. Um, so. So good. Well, I think some some takeaways for people from this time and and from listening. Um, you know, first of all, the fact that somebody, you know, if you're listening to this and you've invested an hour of your time almost in hearing two guys, uh, you know, share their philosophies about how they've succeeded and and how they're, you know, moving forward. Like you should get like a virtual high five or a hug or something because most people just won't even do that. They'll be on for like a couple of minutes and they'll be like, ah, okay, I'm going to go, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go listen to talk radio or something. So the fact right. that, you know, if, if somebody's actually invested an hour in good stuff into their head, uh, that says a lot about you. You know, it says a lot about you as a listener. And you're not a listener, like we're, we're nothing without you. You know, this, this podcast doesn't exist without you listening to it. It's like the, you know, the old question, you know, if the tree falls in a forest and nobody's there, uh, does it make a sound? The answer is no, it does not make a sound. Sound is what frequency becomes only when it strikes an eardrum. If it just continues yeah. unimpeded, it never converts to sound. So that, that answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, if people are listening to this for an hour, listening to us talk, they really want to learn something. They're looking for a change. So, And the number one thing, the number one takeaway out of this is you have to do something in order to change. You can't just learn. You can't just prepare the whole time. You have to actually do it. You have to physically do something to remove the limitations, and then you have mm -hmm. to test it. And then mm -hmm. it's going to change. It's going to be dynamic. It's not going to be the same, maybe tomorrow your plan changes a little bit, but you have an idea where you want to go. Yeah. You just have to get there. Yes. Yes. Right. And that's the core fundamentals of this is just figuring out how to get there. Where do you want to go? And then why do you want to go there? Maybe you don't even need to go where you think you need to go. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it has to be your own unique path, right? We, we see in movies, we see, have anyone ever played the Oregon Trail, right, on the computer? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you ended up taking your own path because things are going to happen along the way that are going to be different 
then what's going to happen to the next person? And maybe you have to take a little detour. But if you know where you want to go, you just keep moving forward in that direction. Absolutely. And you can enjoy the entire process. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the, the great secret, is that the road uh, actually can be the more uh, enjoyable part of it. You know, learning to enjoy it, as cliche as it sounds, you know, enjoying the journey is not just a way of, of um, you know, people say that enjoy the journey and, you know, don't worry about the destination. <laughs> and, and, and they dismiss that because they're like, yeah, that's just a way of saying you'll never get it. So just suck it up, buttercup. But no, you actually get there faster. You'll get right. there much faster if you uh, enjoy the journey. Right. You have, you have to. It's like being in flow state. Right? So yeah. flow state is yeah. that feeling where you're just doing it, like things are just happening and time passes so fast that you don't even realize that it's passing. It's Einstein's theory of relativity, essentially, without having to go into space. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where you don't, like, it's, you're just enjoying it so much. By the time you get there, you're like, I can't even, that, I can't even believe we were there. That's, right. it's over. Right. Right. Let's do it again. That happened so easily. Right. Let's do it again. So you want to do it again because you enjoyed it so much. And that's what's going to help you make that next step, that next step, the next step to wherever you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so I think that's gr- good for today. We can, we're going to go into the, some of this stuff later on a lot deeper about, you know, meditation, how to do some of these things Yeah. Yeah. in the future. But if Jesse, if you just want to just close, there's no say what you're excited about, uh, what you have going on, uh, where people can find you. Yeah, I, I think there's so many great resources out there and people are going to naturally you know, find the videos and the, and the podcast like this one and all the other stuff. Uh, what I'm just most excited about in, in general terms is this, I won't use the term awakening because I think people are awake, um, but the, rec- the increasing recognition that people have so many choices mm-hmm. and that you don't have to suffer. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, sexually, relationally, in any way. You don't have to suffer in any area of your life. You can make new choices that create new outcomes and new experiences in your life. And I just see so many people every day. Um, I mean, I get, I get messages uh, more than I can actually uh, respond to and still still do other stuff. So that's, that's something I need to figure out. Uh, but I get messages every day from people saying, hey, you know, I watched a video or I got an email and oh, I just, it changed everything. And I'll, you know, when I, when I respond, I'll generally say, well, that's awesome. Where did it change? And it always comes down to a new choice. I decided to quit my job or I decided to take the new job. I decided to start a business. I decided to propose or I decided to get divorced. You know, there's so many choices that people make and there's not a right one or a wrong one. There's only what's right for you. And so... General terms, I'm very excited to see this uh, quickening. You know, the cycles in life are speeding up and things are getting faster and faster and that means that growth is happening faster and faster. Um, in, in specific terms, what I'm very excited about is the, uh, man, we just have so many awesome Facebook communities. We've got all these micro tribes. We've got ethical cult building, you know, for people that are, that have a message and, and want to get the message out there and make a difference. We have uh, pocket video mastery. That's a training that just got going. I am getting ready to, uh, we've got a book that's coming out very soon. I have, uh, another tour that's in the works. And just so many, there's just so many cool things that are happening. So uh, I would love to connect with people and they're welcome to just visit jesseelder.com, sign up for the daily mind vitamin emails. I'm also very active on Facebook. So just check me out on Facebook and would love to see everybody there. Yeah, I highly recommend checking out his uh, mind vitamins and his videos. You're going to learn a lot. You're gonna, it's definitely, I've ha- had people that I've pointed that Jesse's direction, actually my buddy Chris, who ended up Man, he's rocking. Inadver- yeah, inadvertently introducing me to you um, by bringing me to somewhere where you were speaking. And he started listening to your stuff online and Facebook. And he's like, dude, my everything's like totally changed for me. Right. That he's had his best month ever. Um, and his his best month before that was pretty good still, but his best month ever, and things are just happening. Like he said the other day to me that everything seems so easy now. Like everything's just falling in place. Yeah. Like things are just happening one in front of the other and it it really just takes maybe that one person to say something 
a little bit different and make you realize something that's in front of your face a little bit different that was already there to just literally change everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, like they say, when, you know, the student is ready, the teacher appears and all of a sudden then there's just like, you just get in the zone and you start to see things and hear things and it just gets better and better. So happy to connect with anybody on Facebook or, uh, or on the emails and, you know, who knows when the tour kicks through, then uh, we might, might connect in person. Yep. Uh, I, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, thank you, Jesse. I appreciate you. Um, Likewise, Mike. You, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for what you're doing here, man. What you're building and what you're offering for people is just so, so powerful, and people need this. Yes. I, we, all, we all need it. We, I mean, I needed it. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, I say it's, it's, it's not just for me, but it is for me, too. It's for yeah. I'm going to learn from the people that end up being interested in what I have to offer what I'm putting out there. So you can never know enough. You're always, always learning. So, all right. Love it. Love it, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. And to the listeners, you rock, go forth and prosper. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Please do me a huge favor. And if you like today's episode and you want more people to hear about it or you want to hear something specific, go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Or you can also connect with us on Facebook. And if you message us, I'll answer you. I'll answer any questions you want. Um, thank you so much, guys. And I look forward to growing and expanding my universe with you.